Hi, everybody. Gary Wilkerson here. I'm here with Joshua West here at the table. We're having some good times, conversation. How are you doing today? Very good. I've enjoyed this uh, this series. I guess we're we're at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. We've had this is our second uh, uh, branching out into uh, doing this in, in series. The first one was a fascinating, life altering Word of God, and this one is talking about a move of God in our generation. What would it look like? What would be some of the characteristics of it? Some of the things, and we've talked about love and. Uh, humility and uh, or overcoming some of the things that would be hindrances to that. And today we're talking about conviction. Um, and I, I'd like for us to talk about it in two different forms. The word conviction almost carries two different things. I'm convicted of sin. I'm convicted of things that are displeasing to God. Or I walk in conviction. I'm a man of conviction. I have convictions for righteousness, convictions against turning from evil. I have convictions about what marriage is like, convictions about uh, life starting in the womb, you know, the, uh, and living out those things. So, so those are the two forms of conviction we talk about. And I think both of those are going to be integral as God would desire to move in this generation. That you know, there's so much, you know, and we're calling it calling this episode uh, conviction in an age of compromise. Uh, and so, you know, I think I think, and I believe with all my heart, there's so much compromise, and so many people are just so sick of it, so tired of compromised leaders and compromised situations and compromised corporations and compromising their own heart, compromising their marriage and compromising their friendships, uh, compromising the church, and they're just saying like, man, I want something that that is solid, that that understands we need to be convicted of wrongdoing, and then out of that come and stand in the conviction. So if I'm convicted of pornography or lust, okay, I'm convicted of that sin, but now I. I move out of that conviction of sin into a conviction. Uh, righteousness lives in moral purity. It lives in sexual purity. It, it 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 looks like this. It looks like this biblical form that God has for us. So, man, that's that's you, know, you ready to go? Yeah, definitely. Ready to talk about it? yeah. Let's let's, sure. let's dig in. Um, so the first thing is um, you know um, how the conviction of sin is connected with our convictions of being a man of convictions. Uh, uh, I don't think people tie those in together too often. Definitely. You know? I, I, I definitely agree with that. I think of both things. Um, I think there's a positive and a negative, but I think it's the same thing. Yeah. I feel like a person that's truly been convicted will live in conviction. Mm -hmm. And so it's like the idea of being convicted about sin. You know, the Bible says all things that are not a f not from faith is sin. Wow. And yeah. so the idea of being convicted isn't just like, hey, I'm doing this wrong thing. Right. Um, that is part of it. But it, let, let me read a scripture that I think will help frame uh, things out. It's talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16. And uh, it says, uh, John 16, 8, it says, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And then he says, concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. And so, so this idea of, you know, this is the sort of initial, the preaching of repentance um, is not just turning from something, it's turning to something. Exactly. And right. so the idea of we, we think sometimes, I talk about repentance a lot, but I, I don't mean that you're just stop doing bad. I'm talking about live for Christ, you know, uh, come out of darkness and into a marvelous light. Exactly. So it obviously starts when the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Those of us who are all of us who are in depravity and sin, um, 
we need to be convicted of our sin. And I think one of the evidences of a truly regenerate person is we start feeling convicted of sin based on the truth of God's word. You know, I'm not mourning um, getting caught for sin or, you know, or because my wife thinks it's a sin. It's because it, it is sin and God says it. And now that I have the spirit of God living in me, he's convicting me of it. But he's convicting, these convictions, in my opinion, convicting of sin and of righteousness right. and of judgment. And so these convictions of turning from something turn into something. Exactly. And so I think what you said in the beginning is completely right. Uh, you know, being people, we, we are desperate in this world for people of conviction. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are a pragmatic mm-hmm. culture that, that believes the end justifies the means. Mm-hmm. And we're willing to um, compromise our so-called beliefs to get to a nice end result that we think will forward our beliefs. It's insane. Um, Give me a person that I don't agree with on every issue, but I know they're a person of conviction. This is a person that's in the truth. Theologically, there's people where we'd have a a tiny little different view on some things, but they're... the Bible is their conviction mm-hmm. and, and, and it's worked out something in their life and they're willing to stand for it, live for it, die for it, proclaim it. And so I feel like, I feel like that's what, what we're talking about here. We, we have people that want to talk about those sort of things. They're not living from conviction. And I think it all starts with the fact that we have, we've sort of cut out the idea of conviction of mm-hmm. sin because right. that's where it starts. And so I don't know if that's, kind of leads in the direction you want to go. Exactly. But I think what you yeah. said is is so true. Yeah, that, that, that is exactly where, we're, where, where my thinking is today and where this podcast, we want to help people in this to understand that the the, the, the nature of this thing has uh, the, the two things going for it. One, we, we get the conviction of sin and then that gives us ground to stand firm in what we believe. This is this is wrong. So again, you, you know, being convicted of a, a particular form of sin and man, what a powerful scripture when you talk about, you know, anything that's not of faith is, is sin. That, yeah. I mean, that opens up the door for, <laughs> you know, pretty much my whole life is sin, you know, and, and other than the fact that by the grace of God, he's pulled me into his kingdom and washed me from all that and is, is teaching and training me in righteousness. But at the same time, I, you know, I, I, I still do get convicted of sin, but I'm trying to live. My dad taught me this. He said, and I thought this was one of the bizarre statements he ever made. Most bizarre statements he ever made was, he said, uh, Gary, I, I don't want to ever be convicted again of sin. I was like, no, we need to be convicted. He said, no, I want to live in such a way that the Holy Spirit doesn't have to convict me. It's like, if, if I can be free from the things of, you know, live this life of full of faith, uh, you know, and, and and not a sin. Of course, that's, you know, we're not talking about sinless perfection here, but yeah, just yeah. talking about the desire of the heart to live holy and righteous. But let's just, you know, moving ahead a little bit, let's just assume, because I really want to spend more of our time talking about being man or woman of conviction. Definitely. So let's just say we are open to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and we welcome it. It's like, you know, we just, we, we are grateful for that in our life so that that correction is helps set our direction. Uh, okay, so now, we, now, we, now we're moving in that then to be a man or woman of conviction. I, I'd like for us to discuss a little bit of, of, of um, you know, what's the difference between somebody who has strong convictions and who doesn't? You know, are there certain ingredients about that? Is it just someone that was kind of built with more of a backbone than others? Or is there some ideas behind this. Like, uh, I basically want to ask, how, how do you think we get conviction? Uh, how do we become, uh, you, you know, we'll just use man because we're both men here. Uh, how, how do we become men of conviction? I mean, I, I have my own, let me say one framing statement mm-hmm. before I answer that question. 
you talked about the part that we're, we're, we've already talked about the repentance from sin part, but it's interesting, John the Baptist and Jesus didn't say repent. They said repent for the kingdom of God is coming or the kingdom of God is at hand. So we're talking about the purpose for it. Yeah, we're talking about the kingdom of God is turning away from something, turning to something. I personally believe that conviction comes from being utterly convinced of the truth. I just feel like that is that is the missing ingredient in in people living for conviction, living lives of conviction. People are not convinced of the truth. The opposite of that would be uh, being pulled between two decisions. Yeah, wavering, know, wavering between, between two, yeah. two opinions. Right. Um, but for me, I mean, if I really believe that God is going to judge the living and the dead and that he's going to come back and all who are in Christ are are going to be with him forever and those who are outside of Christ will go to where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'm convinced of this truth. This makes my event, my my convictions about evangelism look differently maybe than some other people that... that so, so I don't want to put me in the the hero chair. I'm just saying, like, I think that's the ingredient, though. I think being convinced of the truth. Mm-hmm. For me, it came by meditating on this word and find and, and letting it become the reality of my life. And where it doesn't become the reality of my life, that's a place I need to work on. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds extreme, but if it if it's not a truth, if it's not worth dying for, it's not worth living for. Yeah. I mean, it really isn't. And so I feel like today we're so... These are such surface level things. The Bible's so allegorized. It's so compartmentalized. It's so pragmatically applied to our lives that we miss just the simplicity of the power of the message. And I think not evangelism is kind of in between the two things we're talking about. Let's just go to a more positive side. I had when I when I used to pastor people coming out of addiction, they would always ask me, you know, is it a sin or not to do this or that? Um, and I said, the, the the Christian maturity is going to come in your life when instead of asking that question anymore, you start asking the question, does this or does this not glorify God? Right. And I think that is a, a person of conviction. Um, it's not like, can I get away with this pragmatism? Like, it's not the idea of, man, how close to the line can I get? The question is, what is truth and how can we live in it? And that's a positive thing. Like, we want to live in the righteousness of Christ. We want to mm-hmm. glorify God. We want to have communion and relationship with God. So instead of living in fear, fear, fear of punishment, I'm living in the glory of grace. Um, I'm not saying I don't ever slip back in areas of my life where I do need that conviction of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Sadly, because I'm immature in a lot of areas, I still get that a lot. Right. But I'm saying not in every area of my life. There are places where I'm convinced and I'm, it's not like a legalism, like I'm far beyond the line, but I'm, I'm just not living. I'm, the reason I'm living in fearful expectation of punishment is because there's still a part in me that's wavering there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I commit sins I don't think about. I fall short. But I, but my point is, is being a person of conviction is being a person of the truth. There can't be, if something's right, then it's right. If something is true, then it's true. And I think when people are willing to, um, to compromise that, compromise their convictions because they don't believe the truth. Yeah, yeah. And I would add to that, that, that that's a solid foundation. And I, and, I, and I would put in that same foundation of truth and marry it with love and say that because, you know, I, I think for somebody to have like a real powerful conviction, they hold the truth high, but they love that truth so 
passionately that they they give their life to it, and they love the God of that truth. Absolutely, yeah. But if you know, so if uh, you go back to that Romans passage we were looking at in a previous episode, you know, and it, and just before it, it talks about you know in in service serving or in hospitality, you know, in in with with zeal, yeah, with zeal and all these different things and teach you know teaching with teaching. Um, you know, so so those are all truths, but I, you know, just to be forthright here, I would have to say I probably love teaching a whole lot more than I love hospitality. Right. I, I love hospitality, but teaching so far, I mean, I don't spend, I don't read books on hospitality, right? But I read books on the Bible every single day of my life. You know, Me I got too. a you Both of us have libraries that, are, you know, far beyond probably what we'd ever read our whole life. But uh, I mean, although we're trying to, because we love it so much, so. So the, all of those are true. Hospitality is true. Um, serving is true. Teaching is true. Leadership is true. Um, but when God gives you a love for one of those, then the conviction, uh, I think that that's where it blossoms. I completely, uh, just, I completely I, yeah, agree. That's a, such a that's such a good point to bring out because there you can't disassociate love the love the passion that that goes along which is a gift of god he gave you that love for it right but yeah. that but and i think that we all have convictions that that we know are true that we work on yeah. and then there are these places that were forged in conviction yeah. and i think those are like when we say man you have a great conviction about that he seems to have a great conviction about the gospel he seems to have a great conviction about being a hospitable person mm-hmm. um while all things are true i think i think that's very 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 true, and I think, I think those are the I, not to change this into more of a, a directional or like conversational thing, but those are the areas in my life that that I don't have to worry about being a person of conviction. Right. Um, I think the places I have to be more conscientious about things that I should be have conviction Which about, I but they they aren't the things that are bolstered up with passion and love and they can be and they should be maybe not to the same level but but i think for me that's where compromise can come in mm-hmm. you know i'm not you know I, i'm not saying this boastfully but i'm never going to willfully compromise god's word right. I, that's far in my word of me now I'm, i might misunderstand god's word yeah. um but i think that there could i could introduce compromise at another level of my life that could work towards compromise but i'm not going to just sit down one day and go oh you know i'm gonna (laughs) no but but i could let that compromise in through another avenue and and i think i think yeah i think Mm -hmm. that's that's a very a very smart way to think in fact that i don't know that i've ever thought about it quite the way you just said it so i'm at the ponder on that a little bit Pastor Joshua West here, co-host of the Gary Wilkerson podcast. I want to invite you to go to worldchallenge.org and listen to the latest sermon series from myself and from Gary Wilkerson. We're, we do this podcast together because both of us would say our convictions are very strong about preaching the Word of God in an uncompromised way. Um, but there are people we work with that probably, they, they would have that conviction too. Like their, their truth is, yeah, yeah. If I if I ever stand up in a pulpit, I'm going to preach the truth. Right. But that's not, you know. I'm thinking of Mark Pozzetta, for instance. Yeah. Uh, he, he was our CFO, uh, numbers guy. I mean, brainiac could, could could deal with all all kinds of financial you know problems and solid solutions. Uh, but but he has such in his heart a desire for. Uh, mercy. That's what, oh, yeah. and, and so he has this conviction about mercy, but he has this love for mercy, and God put that in his heart. And so he actually shifted from 
uh, CFO to head of our mercy ministry, and he goes around the world just crying over children in need and widows and orphans. It's just uh, it's so precious to see, you know, and and that's so. And then his conviction becomes. It's almost his platform. Our, our teaching is sort of our platform. His mercy, somebody else's hospitality. You know, you see, you, uh, and and that conviction becomes a message in itself. Yeah. The you know if if I get up and say I, I love the poor, you know, people go, oh, that's nice. Uh, Mother Teresa, if she'd have got up and said, I love the poor, you go, oh, that's profound. You know, right. uh, being who she is. Yeah. Or you know, if Mother and, Teresa got up and said. Let me tell you what it really means to serve someone. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you, you yeah. people will be lined up to hear this yeah, response. Right, but but if, some, yeah. you know, if somebody else did, they might go, "Cool." Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's if, a credit. The conviction is given sort of a credibility. Yeah. There. Or yeah, if you had a, a, a seminar and and both topics were uh, uh, how to give your life to to those in need by service, and one teacher was Mother Teresa, and the other was Bill Gates. Right. You know, or or Elon Musk. You'd go like, "Oh, hey, I'd love to hear what Elon Musk has to say, but I'd rather have hear him talk about." Uh, building a corporation or something right. like that, you know. And so, the way you live, your conviction actually gives you the ability to say things with authority, which I think is part a part of the reason God gives us convictions of of truth and love, so that we can do that thing ourselves. We can preach the uncompromised gospel. Mark can live with mercy towards the need, the poorest of the poor. So, when you say this, is just a quick question for you. So, because it sounds almost too like you're saying that. This is somehow it is a gift from God, right? Right. But this is something to do with giftings, yeah. like you know, to to some degree. If, right. Am I wrong? In no, I know, hundred percent right. I would say, like, I will never have the strong convictions for hospitality as I would for teaching. It's just not yeah. God didn't build me that way. Unless you're teaching about hospitality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could, I could do a whole series on hospitality. Right. Yeah, that, and and I dig into the Word, and I would read books about hospitality so that I could teach about hospitality, and that's what I could practice it, which is not necessarily a good thing. Right. Right. But but no, I would. You're right. You're spot on. I that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, you know? that's excellent. You know, I. Think think that you've said this too, something that I realize, you know, in the kingdom of God that, that makes it so beautiful is that, you know, one thing isn't, some things are more important than other things, definitely, you know, within the economy of God, there mm -hmm. are certain things that God seems to prioritize in his word. So staying away from that, um, I feel like, you know, our convictions should inform each other inform each other's convictions. I'll give you an example. I've never been a missionary. Um, for whatever reason, I've been invited to preach all over the world at churches and stuff like that, but no one's going to come to me and say, hey, how do you run a great missions organization? Or, you know, how do you plant churches in, um, mm -hmm. you know, Iran or whatever? Right. I might have some opinions. They may or may not be. And, and, and I do love the idea of the church being forward. I mean, it, it bolsters my heart but not in the same way it does Mark Renfro. Right. And so and so I think there's a our time— Our missions director. Yeah, our missions up. director, yeah, chief missions officer. He's a wonderful guy. And I, I find myself, um, even though I know what God's called me to do, I find my calling sometimes being informed a little bit by, by his calling and conviction and helping me think, you know— that way in certain areas and and being when I'm around Mark Bazetta, I find myself, you know, saying, man, I I, I need to, not like I'm going to go be Mark Bazetta, but right. I need to let the mercy yeah. he has for people inform the way I think about things because they're all rooted in biblical truth. Yeah. And so I think that that's a beautiful picture of the kingdom of God. Like we have, mm -hmm. you know, these people, you know, when Paul, when, when Peter 
selected the first group of deacons in the church when he said, hey, listen, we're, we have to be about the business of praying and preaching, yeah. and we can't wait wait tables. He didn't say, go get just some random people. Mm-hmm. He gave a pretty like, he's like, go get people who are, who are above reproach, who are yeah. spirit-filled and trustworthy. Like, it's like, to deal with the orphans, yeah, go get some, go get some great men of God to do this. Um, and so I feel like, you know, that he was saying this was important enough that that we need some people to devote themselves yeah. to it. And I think that's something that's that I love about our ministry in particular mm-hmm. is because I have the uh, opportunity, and even within our our sort of uh, our calling and gifting, having mm-hmm. maybe an emphasis you know, Pastor John has that's a little mm-hmm. different than yours right. and maybe mine and yours would be or, or whatever. I, I just love that about, yeah. but but here's the, 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 the underlining thing. You don't want to hear someone that's not passionate and it's yeah. not a great conviction of theirs about it. Yeah. You know, um, I get asked to go talk about the gospel a lot yeah. places. It's probably because I talk about it a lot. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that because, you know, I, I'm the gospel guy. I want to be a Bible <laughs> teacher, right. but I'm just saying they're, there are these certain things that, and we want to hear from those people that yeah. are that are highly convicted. So I love the idea that our our biblical convictions are informed by other people's biblical convictions yeah. and giftings. Yeah, biblically that would be the the eye not saying to the foot, "I don't need you." You know, the the eye is convicted about what an eye does. I'm strongly convicted about seeing. I, everybody should be like me and seeing. That's oh, good. No, you need the foot too, and so that's that's a, one of the things I'm concerned about, and I'd love to try to pull out of people, if we could, by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, people who are living with lack of conviction, they, they just sort of don't really have it. Like, there's nothing that moves them. There's nothing that they're not really deeply stirred about. They pray, they read their Bible, they go to church, they go to job, they, you know, love their wife moderately, you know, well, uh, but they're just not stirred about it. They're not passionate about things. That, that really concerns me because I don't think that's how Christians should live. I think out of anybody in the world that should have strong convictions, at least in one area, if not in several areas, you know, a strong conviction about your family life, strong conviction about your prayer life, those, these, these biblical mandates, but then in your gifting too, like, you know, some people that are existing in their, um, you know, a couple of things come to mind and, and, and then Phil uh, add to this, okay? A couple of things come to mind is, is one is, um, a lack of pursuit of God. You know, it's, it's like, I want God to pursue me, but I'm not actually engaged in pursuit. Uh, a lack of, secondly, a lack of um, leaning into learning about how God built you and what you're calling, what your gifts are. Um, uh, three, I would say, maybe just, you know, and I don't mean to be mean-spirited to anybody, but maybe some laziness or a lethargic spirit, uh, just wanting life to be easy and comfortable and conviction does the opposite. It makes your life more difficult. And I think there's so many things that keep people from their calling and the conviction to, to live it out with full gusto and, and passion. And I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned that we have, I wouldn't dare to try to put a percentage on it, but I would say it's more than half. It's a large percentage of the church is living without Holy Ghost gumption and conviction and a fire in their bones, as we call our pastor's conferences. Yeah, uh, They're just kind of letting life happen to them and um, that's something to be concerned about. It's something to pray about. It's something to maybe even repent of. And and I don't think there'd be any problem with God. It's hard towards you for you to ask him, God, why is there, you know, as, as Gary and Joshua speak here, I'm sensing that I, I really lack any real level of conviction except in the most moderate levels. What can I do about that? And and pray and ask God to turn that around. Wouldn't it be great just in the next few weeks or months that the people that are listening to us 
could come into a really strong conviction about an, an area in their life that they want to give themselves to. Yes. You know, like the, like a, you know, the Bible says, anyone who desires to be an elder is a good thing. Right. You know, that's a passion. That's a desire. It's a conviction. Like to lead people in righteousness and lead the body of Christ like a father with his family. So, I don't know. Do a few things come to your mind about helping people out of lethargy and into Holy Ghost conviction? Yeah, I think uh, two things I would say. One is is just to make this qualifier. Um, you know, having passion behind uh, a conviction that that is sort of like a tied to a gifting is one thing but i'm i'm frankly people that don't have convictions though who live according to truth who have things these this conviction is something that i'm not going to compromise right. you know i i i worry i'm worried about those kind of people mm-hmm. those aren't honestly aren't trustworthy people because if if there isn't a conviction at least a, you know in some area where it, it probably means that you don't have there's not an absolute truth in areas yeah. of your life and sorry let me interrupt you just for a second there just so, so people understand what we're saying here the um i would agree 100 percent with you if we're talking about you don't have conviction that marriage should be between one man and woman exactly you should have conviction that that uh, trust god with all your heart lean on your understanding exactly um but not necessarily right. if uh, I'm trying to find a conviction about something to give my life to, a cause. No doubt. Yeah. So there, so I wanted to say that in sort of preface of, so there's like a, a line of, you know, biblical faithfulness as yeah. being Christian people, I'm glad you being said a that. people yeah. of conviction. You right. know, this idea exactly. that you you may not be super passionate about anything, but but you, these are lines in your life that you're you're going to live not to break. And that's the person you're worried about, that, that they don't have that. Yeah, that yeah. person I'm, I'm worried about. Right, now, rightfully so. Yeah. Now that you have people that are like that, they they have you know biblical truths informing their life and those sort of things, but but like you said, they're they're very lethargic. And then we take it to that next step because that's like the prerequisite, right? Right. The other part is, um, I I worry that some people on the other side are. Well, you're going to have some people that don't have passion and conviction about something in their life or the things of God because they're lazy. There's going to be some because they're not Christians. The church has false converts right. in it. But I think there's there's going to be a group of people that that are believers that are um, that are lazy or comfortable or. And I think what happens is is we 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 get rocked to sleep by the rhythm of life. Um, we, we get, you know, bored, we get, and so we get sort of like in this existing part of life. Uh, that's one group. But I think on the other side of those who are Christians, I think some people would don't think that what God has given that, that conviction or passion about is something worthwhile because they're like comparing it to something else where I'm no great preacher or I, I wasn't a missionary or whatever. Um, you take someone who, who's just very convicted about, um, you know, a woman who's very convicted about pouring into young mothers. Mm -hmm. You know, what is that? Or someone that's very convicted about um, Christian education or someone that's very convicted about making sure the elderly are fed. You know, and these sort of things, we can't prioritize them based on what society gives you know, you know, you're speaking a lot in front of a lot of people. That's then yours is important. I think what we have to really do is 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 realize that God has given a, a, pa- different passions and convictions, and we should fan the flame of those things. Yeah. Because, like Paul was saying, hey, listen, it, you know, what does the hand have to say to the foot? We need each other, mm-hmm. and I think that makes a healthy kingdom of God. But but I would say that you the question to answer the question you ask, I think it starts with 
self-examination. What am I passionate about? You know, mm-hmm. what what motivates me? Um, and 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 just start with that. And then yeah. I think it's okay to pray yeah. that God would, you know, that God would, you know, God make me hurt for the things that hurt you, make me love the things you love. Yeah. And I think as you move forward, especially if you're a new Christian, you're gonna you're gonna find out what those things yeah. are. Yeah, and <clears throat> I, I've seen people even as new Christians. If they'll take a, it sounds strange because you know old things pass away and all things become new, but in a sense you can look at some of the old things and see, you know, like if you loved reading before you were a Christian, right? You know, you probably may, you may that may be an indication that maybe teaching is uh, an, an element. If if you were uh, if you love to, you know, I, this may sound strange, but even people that love to party, probably in the kingdom are going to be very good at hospitality. Right. Uh, Nikki Cruz was a gang leader. You know, he was 17 years old and was leading a gang of over 400 people. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's some leadership maybe qualities. Maybe there's some leadership qualities <laughs> in this kid, you know, uh, that that transfer into the kingdom that, so God put certain things in us. Right. They were unredeemed in our past life, but now they're now they're being sanctified and used for so so I think a lot of people know a lot more about themselves because sometimes they're so confused I don't know what I'm going to do in my life and uh, but you can just take a you know you don't even need a gift test just look at you know how do you like to spend your time is it being around people is it in books is it uh, t- t- telling other people things that you've learned is it uh, you always like helping people or uh, do you like you know and so you can find out a lot about your gifts and calling do you love science maybe you know the, just the you know God uses our loves and a lot, a lot of times when people they think of the kingdom of God and and following God is like well if you love it he's probably not going to let you do it you know right. he's going to let you know make sure you know if you love if you love travel he's probably going to keep you in a local you know no he's probably going to call you into missionary evangelism or right. a business that is global and stuff so yeah well before hope, you wrap it up let me yeah. just say one thing i think it's always important when you're talking about giftings and people you know, I'm not a big, like, take a strength finder book kind of guy. I'm not against it. It's just not really my thing. But there might be one value, um, you know, to that sort of idea. I think very often the things that come very naturally to us, we don't really see them as a gift because right. they come so naturally right. to us. There are certain things that I'm just, you know, I just will think, doesn't everybody do that? Can everybody just do that easily? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll look at the thing that doesn't come naturally to me and I'll admire it. I'll go, oh my goodness, how, man, how can he do that? Or why right. is he that kind of person? And so I think sometimes we, we just minimize the simplest things that, you know, that we just seem like if we're living in sin or we're living in Christ, if mm-hmm. we're old or we, they just, it's just part of who we are. Yeah. And I think sometimes uh, not only do we need to take a closer look at those things, but if you're in someone's life to nurture those things in other people, you know, yeah. it's like, no, that's not everybody's good at that. Right. You, you, yeah. there's a reason that's there. And I think, yeah. uh, and and I think if that's if that's centered around a God given conviction, a God given passion, yeah. God given calling, then then it will you know it'll materialize for God's glory. Now you may not get to decide the path. You don't get to well, may not. You don't get to decide the path yeah. or what order God opens doors and stuff like that. Don't think that. Yeah. But the Bible does say that a man's a man's gifts do make room for him. It does um, and so Powerful. I think I think we have to uh, we have to acknowledge that. Yeah. Thank you, Joshua. Good being with you again today. Thanks for joining us again on the Gary Wilson Podcast. As always, I like to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast and also um, you can put a like on there or a comment. We'd be thrilled to hear from you on that uh, as well. And also, you can uh, find out more about us at worldchallenge.org, and we have a lot of content on there that can be a blessing and a help to you. And uh, pray that you will uh, not only be enjoying this 
past uh, 12 week series, but you, know, you just devour it and learn from it and grow in it. And if you haven't watched some of the other episodes in this 12 week series about a move of God for our generation, uh, I'd love for you to go back and watch the rest of those as well. God bless you. If you're enjoying the podcast, but want to dig deeper, both Gary and Joshua have books that you can buy right now on our online store. Go to worldchallenge.org and click on the store tab at the top of the page. There you'll find books written by David Wilkerson, Gary Wilkerson, Joshua West, and others as well. Check it out today. Ephesians 6.18 says that we should pray at all times in the Spirit with all kinds of prayer and supplication. If you would like someone at World Challenge to pray with you, visit worldchallenge.org forward slash prayer or call us at 1-833-WC-PRAISE. Again, that's 1-833-WC-PRAISE. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time 